Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share this time with Todd, share this time with the listeners, and try my best to be a vessel for for you, for your Son, and for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for all the many blessings that you've provided to me in, in my life, my, my family, uh, my children, uh, my parents, and, and all, the, all the many blessings that you continue to give and will give to me. Thank you for the trials and tribulations in, in testing me um, and bringing me closer to you. Mary, our mother, I ask that uh, through your intercession, you you bring me closer to your son. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today, my guest is Mr. Reese Terrio. He is the founder and president of Fulcrum Sales and Marketing in Broussard. Welcome to the show, Reese. Thanks for having me. All right, we haven't known each other for very long, but I feel like I've been knowing you my whole life. Good buddy of ours, Ben Broussard, put us together. But I want to start, Reese, with telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, I am a native to St. Martinville, Louisiana. I'm actually from Catahoula, but not many people know where Catahoula is. That's a Cajun Catholic (laughs) right there. talk about. uh, He's the real deal. That's right. So I grew up in Catahoula. And when you grow up in Catahoula, you really grow up in St. Martinville because, you know, there's no rec league or anything out right. out there. So went to Trinity Catholic, which is now closed down, but grew up in St. Martin de Tours, you know, going to church with my dad, <clears throat> my mom and my little sister. And and uh, always really had kind of a a a deepness to my faith, I would say, um, you know, did the typical Catholic little boy thing where you think you want to be a priest and. Uh, you know, it's, that's it's always on your mind and on your heart. And then I went to Catholic High in New Iberia, and Catholic High is a is a high school that is is very rich in its Catholic faith and heritage. And so that brought me closer, and just kept kept my faith really all my life through college. Uh, continued to go to church when when a lot of my friends were falling away, and um, but that's not to say that. I didn't personally have some of my own darkness in that, Mm -hmm. you know, so uh, looking forward to sharing that with you. So for our lady listeners out there, I'm going to, you know, just kind of said, you know, Reese is 31 years old. And if you've ever seen Zach Efron, I mean, he's he's a lookalike of Zach Efron. He's a good looking guy. And uh, he is in sales and marketing for his occupation. And of course, when I heard that, like I'm like we're selling Jesus right all the right. time, right? right? We're selling our faith to others, and that's kind of what I, how I feel too, because I'm in sales as well. Mm-hmm. But um, so tell me a little bit about like like who in your family, like you mentioned that deep faith, and even discerning who, who, where does that come from? Is it parents, grandparents? Who in your family inspired you? I would say, I would say my mom and my dad really led good examples mm-hmm. of of good Catholic people battling and practicing their faith you know specifically my dad who was a fallen away catholic and you know born catholic left the church poked his head around in in different denominations trying to find his way and um when i was born sort of came back to the true faith 
and really set a good example for me along with my mom in in that sacrificial love for for God for Jesus and you know something interesting that I've been able to do with my dad is really get into apologetics oh nice yeah so you mentioned selling Jesus and I feel like that's that's objection handling you know for for Jesus is is kind of overcoming that pushback from other denominations or or just just light you know whatever it is whatever kind of pushback it is so my long story short my my dad who is not the most he would tell you this he's not the most educated guy in the world you know didn't go to he went to a, a technical college and has not done a whole lot of writing or has not done a whole lot of speaking to large groups or anything like that and by any extent would would probably be reclusive to doing that or mm-hmm. resistance resistant to doing that but through his Casillo, Casillo movement and his uh, brotherhood has gotten way more comfortable with writing and speaking and singing and, you know, all things mm-hmm. that Casillo help you do. And a friend of his wrote a, wrote a book challenging the Catholic Church in a lot of different ways from a non-denominational perspective. And when my dad read that book, he felt inspired to rebut every single line in the book wow and uh he he asked me for my help in in writing in writing the book and and proofreading the book and kind of organizing the thoughts and and so we ended up uh he wrote basically an entire it's it's like a 45 page essay kind of rebutting each comment each line each point in this book and uh I felt called to kind of leverage some of my marketing skills and turn it into a website. And so we turned it into catholicrebuttals.com and we've been maintaining that website and kind of trying to, by the grace of God, pull, pull searchers online to the faith, you know? So our website, catholicrebuttals.com has some interesting things. Like, so some of the pages are called, they're called things that you would think a non-denominational would search, right? Like, do do Catholics eat Jesus, or why do Catholics drink blood, mm. or things that kind of like would pull you know would yeah. would pull the non-denomination or the non-believer towards towards a website of that kind of liking, uh, and it's been really fun. It's been something that's brought me and my dad very close together in our faith, especially. It's been something that has challenged me to go very deep. When we first made the website, this was probably seven years ago. I realized how little of the Bible I had read, and so I took it as a personal calling to read the Bible cover to cover, which was the hardest thing I've ever done, especially the front half. You're one of the few Catholics that might have done that. I, I think no. That's well, not and true. look, I'll say I'll say that I've read the I've read it like a book, but that doesn't mean I've that you learned know it, it like, a, like book. a book, right? <laughs> that you know it like and a book. yeah. So I can't quote scripture like my dad or yeah. like some some good Catholics out there or. Uh, even some good non-denominational, yes. you know, Protestants can quote the the Bible way better than I can. Yeah. But I have I have embarked on that journey, so it's it's been fun and and that whole exercise with my father was a call to do that. It was, Reese. I'm so happy you're here today. I mean, this is just 
uh, such beautiful testimony. And again, the, we talked a little bit about Cajun Catholics and the inspiration for the show. And, you know, just look at this. These guys and a uh, father and a son from St. Martinville that start a website on apologetics for the Catholic faith. How beautiful is that? And right here in good old Cajun country, you know, there's so many hidden gems. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a cool little story, too. So if you're familiar with Tim Staples. Yes. So Tim came down to um, St. Pius to do a little presentation and uh, my dad and I were all gung-ho to go and we ended up going and seeing Tim speak and he sp- he spoke in a very intimate setting it wasn't he had done a big presentation but then he, he had like an after hour session where anybody could go but really nobody really knew about it so it was pretty intimate and I printed like 15 pages off the website and put it in his hands oh wow and said uh Tim look this is our work this is just two humble guys from a little town there's typos all over the place there's probably some maybe even some heresy in there so if you find yeah, anything you know <laughs> make cool. sure you let us know but he he was like no um thank you for for it being an extension of what i'm trying to do and, wow. and what you guys are trying it was a very powerful moment so just as the holy spirit arrives on the set i just finished behold your mother by tim staples last week Wow. Yeah. And wow. it was fantastic. Learned some amazing things. Yep. I might have shared this on a previous show, but, you know, that Mary, uh, one of the pings for me, you know, Mary delivered Jesus with no labor pains. Mm. That's in the book. You know, I don't know. That's not something many Catholics, and it's pretty awesome when you start to think about it. And I didn't know that. I, I guess in my mind, I would assume that because of the no original sin, but yeah. But yeah, when you say that, you you realize how the divine and and supernatural she is, even though she's completely natural. Yeah, and so the and this was what he shared in the book that it was a supernatural birth where it didn't affect the birth canal, I guess, and and so after the birth, she was still remained a virgin. Wow. Yeah, and so it was pretty awesome. Uh, I got to go to the Holy Land, and there's there's a, a place there called the Milk Grotto. And um, it's where Mary had breastfed Jesus. And the, the legend is is that the cave, when some of the drops of milk fell on it, it, it turned completely white. And, wow. and to this day, that cave is this beautiful white cave in the Holy Land. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, I would say that the Holy Spirit is definitely working because on, on the set because uh, yeah. you bring up Mary. And, you know, in my life, I was, I was telling my wife this the other day. I've never really prayed through saints. Mm-hmm. I've always tried to go straight to God, straight to Jesus. And, um, you know, except for maybe the, the couple times I've lost something and asked St. Anthony to help a brother out. <laughs> but, uh, but I've really never really had a devotion or a consecration or a, a certain kind of call to a saint or to um, specifically Mary. And recently you know i'm doing this exodus 90 program yeah that we, we're gonna talk about yeah that. we should, yeah. we talked about that and um it's been an interesting journey over the last 72 days i think we're on day 72 so that means we've got 18 more to go it'll finish up on easter sunday so i'm looking forward to wow. easter more than ever but um in in that you know in that program you have to do an hour of prayer every single day and there's some readings that they give you and stuff like that but um I started to incorporate the rosary and man I've just felt Mary move in my life it's it's a weird thing you know like 
you know, you, Jesus says don't talk about your prayer life too much, but I guess this is the platform this to talk the about place, it. Yes. Yeah. So I st- I've started wearing the rosary mm. or keeping it in my pocket and saying it almost every day and really meditating on the, you know, all the reflections and the decades and the mysteries. And I started praying for Mary's intercession. And I truly feel, you know, as a business owner, as a father of a young, uh, of a two year old, you know, I'm trying, I'm really trying my best in all areas. I, at least I, I think I am. And I really have started to feel Mary move in my life. It's like I haven't felt Jesus move in my life or I haven't felt God or the Holy Spirit move in my life. It's a different kind of movement. I don't really know how to explain it other than pray for Mary's intercession and see what happens. Yeah, You know, it's a challenge. I can totally relate to that. I have a big devotion to the rosary. And and then really after reading the This Behold Your Mother book, Mm -hmm. just a totally different respect for, for Mary. I did do the Marian consecration, but... This was different for me just to read the depth of, of Mary and the connections to the Old Testament of her being the, the Ark of the Covenant, right. the new Ark of the Covenant, right. and uh, that has touched me. My daughter says, um, I always ask the same question. She's the big critique of the show. <laughs> and you really, Rightfully so. Yeah, and you hit on one because she said, ask the guest who their devotional saint, if, they're, if they have a devotional saint. So here you are. You're, you're taking, taking the load off of me. <laughs> uh, so are there, is there a, a particular saint that, uh, in your life? That, yeah, there is actually. So one, one kind of crops up, and it's St. Peter Faber. St. Peter Faber is the patron of entrepreneurs and, and business owners, and he sort of dips into patron saint of salespeople and, and all of that. And, and I pray to him, I pray through him to keep my intentions pure. I'm sure you can resonate with that as, you know, run, running hard, running all day, trying to make things happen. You start to sometimes lose sight of the pure intention, which is to build God's kingdom up through your talents, which are your sales ability, your fi- your resources, whether that be financial or, or people. And, and you start to, you know, the devil's an interesting cat. He comes in and he slowly pulls you away. And I feel like in my life, at least, that happens through my intention, where I'm starting at the highest place and slowly my intention starts to become eroded. And so I've, I've prayed through St. Peter Faber to keep my intentions pure because if, you know, I've read some stuff about his life and what he's done with his sales ability and legal ability and his business wit and acumen is exactly the type of intention that I want to have and keep. So I've, I've you know, you're speaking, you're speaking my language. Today's guest is Reese Terrio. He is the founder and president of Fulcrum Sales and Marketing in Broussard, and uh, just a blessing to have him on Cajun Catholics today, uh, giving some beautiful testimony. All right, we, we've been praying about new, different questions to ask on the show, and uh, <laughs> okay, so here's here's one that we 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 thought because we've had some friends submit some some questions to us. You know, okay. uh, what do you think heaven looks like? Who? I could tell you what I hope it looks like. That's um, I guess that's what I think it sure. looks like, right? I hope it looks like one big family dinner where everybody is in their perfected state. And everybody, and I guess I kind of took this from some of the ways that I've read Heaven is Described. 
but some things have kind of touched my heart and I really hope that they're true. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and one would be that you get to meet everyone who's ever lived. You know, you get to see everyone in there in the same kind of state. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fascinating. I'm really looking forward to meeting my grandpa as a younger man mm. and and seeing him as someone who's been purged of of you know purged of things mm-hmm. and and having God unlock the kind of person I knew he was, but yeah. some of his experiences held him back free from sin. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, so I think that's what heaven would look like a big a big old crawfish ball you know right right with all the people that uh that you love and the people that you've and and you and i think one thing that would be cool about heaven too and i've read this somewhere is that the full impact of your life is known Mm -hmm. and appreciated and you know the full impact of other people's lives and i i think that's a beautiful a beautiful way to consummate people's interconnectedness with each other and with the father and with the the son so you know a connection for me when i went to the holy land was that it was a lot like lafayette it was a lot like acadiana uh the same flowers the same smells which you wouldn't think so much but it was and galilee was a lot like toledo ben uh (laughs) you know it's a funny analogy but it it really was except with mountains you know right and um so i you know when a close employee of ours had passed and just through prayer, my thought was, you know, the kingdom of heaven is among us. And I've had some really intense dreams about how it's just right here. It's right. next to us. It's just in a glorified state, you know. And uh, it's been some some beautiful things in my prayer life. So I want to sp- save some time to talk about Exodus 90. Uh, you know, I, um, I'll shout out to several of my friends um, that, that have are gone through this, Dr. Broussard and... Uh, and I think of uh, Father Andrew Schumacher is a big advocate of that. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about it. So Exodus 90, you know, long story short, is a 90-day program. It starts on January 4th. A friend of mine who he and I are very compatible as Catholics, I guess, um, encouraged me to consider it. Um, you, go, you go through the program in a cohort of, of fraternal brothers, and you really lean on each other. So he was – he – sought me out as someone he wanted to lean on and and vice versa and so i started kind of reviewing the program and um i was at a a point in my life back then 72 days ago where you know we were talking about this on the on the trip up here um i was running so hard in in my business um running hard as a father as a husband and really started to um relax a lot and and I was as as hard as I was running and trying to do all the right things, I was relaxing just as much. Um, and I felt myself straying away from prayer, and and that was the thing that was getting sacrificed, which was conversations with God, my intentions, to, my intentions, my intentionality in my prayer life. All of that was being replaced by you know a couple beers on Friday night and a movie or um, scrolling on my phone and you know or just hanging out outside, you know, whatever it was. Um, and so when, when my buddy Tyler brought this up, I was like, you know, I looked, at, I looked at it, and I'll give you some of the disciplines. So some of the disciplines are, and they're non-negotiable. Um, and if you, if you do break one, you're supposed to have like a, a penance. And our penance is kneeling down, on your knee, uh, kneeling down for 10 minutes of prayer. So 
every day um, it's an hour worth of prayer and they give you guided readings and meditations 20 minutes of those are silent prayer which is the hardest part for, for me that's been the hardest part to sit silent and not think about anything else but God's grace is man that's hard you know it, yeah. it's, a, it's a shame it's so hard but it is because you got all these things pulling on you um so it's that it's it's you know the the most famous one is cold showers. Oh yeah, I was yeah. waiting for it. The cold showers. That's the one that everybody talks about. Yeah. No snacking, uh, fasting on Wednesday and Fridays. So uh, no red meat on Wednesday Fridays. Um, no no TV. No uh, no unnecessary phone usage. So you can use your phone for work. That's about it. Um, and then three workouts a three workouts a week. Which, which I, I didn't think was very difficult because I exercise three times a week anyway. Mm-hmm. But when you add the prayer, the hour worth of prayer every day, the time starts well, to yeah. kind of shift, you know. And, and so it does, it does get kind of challenging. Um, that's, that's some of the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, that's most of them. Wow, that's a lot. And, you know, um, I'm an antagonist, you know, because uh, uh, my friend, Dr. Richard Broussard, is doing this. And I'm like, well, you th- what, you crazy? You know, what are you talking about, cold showers and stuff? I'm like, what are you nuts? But uh, that is really beautiful. And, you know what's uh, been beautiful about the cold showers? So they tell you in the program, because the cold showers are tough. And especially after 70 days of it, you know, you start, like, not showering yeah. every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't work out today, so I'm going to skip my cold shower today. But uh, the cold showers, what I've done is I've tried to dedicate the program to a couple people in my life. Mm. And uh, the imagery that keeps coming up for me in the cold shower, when I'm underneath the water, because, you know, you, there's, some, there's some life <laughs> hacks to taking a cold shower, dude. But when, but when you actually are underneath that cold water and it's just like knives in you, the image to me that keeps coming up is Peter on the water looking mm. away from Jesus. Mm. So I try to... I try to not outdo Peter, but try to take a lesson from Peter, and I fixate my gaze of onto Jesus on top of the water, and it's been like such a interesting challenge for me to stand underneath that water until it it, it turns warm. You that know? that is powerful testimony. It's cool. I want to save some time to, for you to speak about your wife because uh, I, I just have a feeling that you have this amazing marriage and that God has led you to this woman. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how y'all met and, and how that, about that. It's an interesting story. So um, long story short, I was dating this girl in high school. It didn't work out. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, now I'm in high school. All right. So I said, Dad, there's no good girls left. They're, they're all they're all gone. You know, there's there's no one like her. And my dad says uh, he opens up the paper. We're at their house, my parents' house, and he points to this girl and he's like, Look, this girl is made principal's list at Nish, and she's beautiful. There's good ones out there. <laughs> so I look at the pi- the picture and I'm like, Yeah, and it's just like a bunch of mug shots, you know. And I'm like, Yeah, she is pretty. Um, so. I don't know, maybe a month later I go on senior trip and I see the girl on the no boat. Way. Yes. And I'm I'm telling my friends, I'm like, guys, that's the girl my dad pointed to in the newspaper. What? And so uh I started doing my investigating, you know, as a good salesman would. Start kinda kicking trees and rattling bushes of all my friends of who knows her situation, found out she had just broke up with a boyfriend and was kind of like um 
attached to him in some kind of ways. So I conjured up this big plan on the boat to meet her. I snuck her little 14-year-old brother into one of the, the clubs on the boat, <laughs> and I knew that that would get her attention. So she came up to me that night and just put her finger in my face and, you know, uh, tore me down, so to speak, for sneaking her brother in. And, and that was my first experience with my wife, and I fell in love with her as a woman who would always challenge me to be better. And uh, that's what she does. She she truly, still to this day, challenges me to not um, accept the lie I tell myself that I'm that I'm doing good. It's, you know, it's like, hey, you can be better. Always, you can be better. And un- unless you're imitating Jesus, you can be better. And she, she reminds me of that um, every single day. And so to fast forward, uh, we dated for two years. We actually broke up for two years. And then um, we got back together, and, and then we got married. And um, the two years apart were very telling to me. And, and taught me a lot about the quality of woman she was. Um, and I couldn't think of a better person to have committed my life to. Wow. Awesome. What a, what a great story. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. You know, Absolutely. people don't believe that a vocation, we think of vocations as, as, as the priesthood, but mm-hmm. marriage is a vocation. And it's uh, something that my son-in-law, um, you know, he discerned a little bit and, mm-hmm. and, and God led him to, to the married life. And, uh, and I guess I never really looked at it like that. You mm-hmm. know? Well, I, me and my dad joke, right. And, uh, my dad has sacrificed his whole life for my mother as a good husband would. And I'm trying to do the same thing for my wife. And, um, my wife and I have a really, I would say a really strong marriage. We're both very strong willed people. So we do, uh, we do kind of, um, confront like every every good man and woman do but uh my dad and i always joke about our crosses how they weigh about 115 pounds you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one i like that it's like dad i gotta pick yeah. up my cross today man she that weighs about 115 funny. pounds <laughs> i gotta start using that that's, that's a good, good, that's good right. stuff right there that's right so just a couple of minutes left on the show um reese uh what is something that you picked up in the last couple of weeks you know uh, even even as much as today that, that that you didn't know about your faith maybe that you could share with us you, you'd mentioned you into apologetics yeah. so share well, something that you would like to share with our listeners so i would say through exodus 90 all of the guided readings are about the exodus story and how jesus is the new moses and mary is the new ark and we were talking about that earlier mm-hmm. and all of this beautiful congruency between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, um, you know, you, you don't get taught that stuff at, Catholic, no. at at a Catholic school. I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get it. And you get taught about the commandments and uh, theological history and some of those things and the Council of Trent and Nicaea. And you learn, it's kind of like a history class. Mm-hmm. But you never really get taught the beauty of the symbolism and significance and, you know, thinking through Scott Hahn's fourth cup and that mm-hmm. whole explanation of what the fourth cup was. It was the consummation of the meal. And when Jesus drank that on the, on the cross and said it is finished, the meal was done. God's love was consummated on that cross. And, and it was, it, that's just the whole, you know, I'm, I'm relearning and learning deeper more of that stuff through the Exodus story. And um, it's been a beautiful thing. That's fantastic. Uh, love that. Uh, 
So you've been listening to Cajun Catholics today. Today's guest has been Mr. Reese Terrio. Um, again, just a blessing to Acadiana. Uh, a thank you to you and your father for doing that. Tell us the website again. CatholicRebuttals.com. Nice. Check it out. I can't wait to get home and Google it myself. Um, <laughs> Don't be too hard on us. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Again, you know, we always challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. And if you miss this episode or any others, you can go on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and search Cajun Catholics and look us up. So again, Reese, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And until next time, God bless. God bless. Mm-hmm.